Sabrina here, um, back with another Introspectives episode. It's been a while since we've kind of jumped on the pod, but you know how life is. And now <laughs> we're um, we're back at it. And um, for our welcome back episode, we're going to divulge into HE, the wonderful environment which uh, we no longer work in. Me and Claire are going to go through some stuff, so I'm going to hand over to Claire. Yeah, I think the first question or the first statement is we should answer like why we wanted to go into HE higher education. And I mean, my answer is pretty brief, actually. I'm, I genuinely don't know why I wanted to. I think like both my parents are in higher education and I, I just always had this very positive vibe to it. And I thought it's I had really great uni experiences for the most part. And I thought like, well, not to like. I just did not know enough about it, I think. And I, although I would say HE problems are pretty universal, I think UK HE has some unique problems as well. So that's, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just wanted to go into it because I thought it would be a genuinely a good place to work. And it's, it looks diverse for the most part. So that's me. But yeah, what about you, Serena? Um, complete opposite. So um, <laughs> when I was at U, when I left uni, I didn't want to kind of go into doing the stuff with my degree. So I continued with like my part time care work, did that for like a year after uni, then hit a wall with that because you can't really there's only so far you can progress with like adult care mm. um, and then just thought my talents would be best suited kind of working with young people so I did want to go into kind of young people in care but because of my experience it didn't really translate um, well so I couldn't kind of go into that role then came across um, the outreach work within like higher education and the things that they were looking for and the kids that they would be targeting it kind of like matched up to kind of my background so I thought who better to speak to these kids than someone that's actually come from their environment and been through the university program but yeah just gone that kind of route in life and so that's kind of how I ended up in HE wasn't planned at all and but my mum was academic she used to um, teach Mm. so there was something in there that was Dustin. Well, I thought we could also not talk about the whole interview and application process because as we both know, okay, actually, for some dang reason, because I wanted to work at a uni, I genuinely must have applied to, oh God, like over 50 unis. And let me tell you, all of them have like at least 11 to 12 questions. You all need to, you need to write down an answer not to shout okay whatever not to call uni of leads but one of their questions is like describe your proficiency with microsoft powerpoint like are you joking right now i apply for a marketing position if i don't know how to use it like you could rephrase that question so much but anyway so then it's so time consuming and like you need to get through an interview which that itself is problematic because it was you and i both know there tend to be a lot of internal hires. Then you get to the interview and they're not diverse. Like how many panels have I seen where they're all white men? Like all three of them were white men. And uh, well, so Sabrina and I worked together. So uh, there was someone, I think I told you, we went to a uni interview for, I can't, I don't remember what it was, but she was also there. Did I tell you this? I think so. She was also there. But so afterwards, we compare notes and she said the interviewer called her naff. He was like, you didn't do a good job. You did a crap job and you're naff. 
And I was like, okay, that's so rude. And he, when he phoned me, he was like, you talk too much. <laughs> and then, oh, but I'll, if you need help, let me know. And so I, I'll be, I mean, you have to swallow your pride and ask for help, right? Or ask for feedback. So I did that. He never got back to me. I've had countless experiences like that. So I know I kind of vented to you as well. But so, yeah, well, on your end, what are some highlights? Um, I have to admit, the when I was going into HE, hmm. the first, I only did like one application for university. And that's because oh, that dang. job just stood yeah. out to me because I wasn't actually looking for HE jobs. I just hmm. happened to come across that one. Uh, the application process and the interview process was straightforward because it was just basically everything that I was asking for it's my lived experience all I had to do was talk about myself it sounds like really kind of like obnoxious <laughs> but you're asking questions like how would you react in this situation or what would you do it's like the kids that you're targeting that is that was my life like yeah. I know how to communicate with them um, so that was pretty straightforward. But then once I was in HE and I wanted to leave the environment I was in and go into a different environment, I would say my applications were, I never really had any problems. My biggest barrier with working HE was the fact I couldn't drive. I would say that, oh, was, probably, yeah. that was, I would say that was probably my one and only obstacle working in HE was the fact that I couldn't drive. And then when I spoke to, um, someone whose position I was going for they basically said to me like it doesn't matter how much of the criteria you tick if driving is an essential criteria that writes off your whole application they said they sometimes it's on there just to kind of weed people out and I really hate having worked in the environment and know how much people actually drive in that kind of working environment I understand why you put it on the application but to say it's essential I think, yeah, it really is just to kind of cut the numbers down, um, which is annoying. I think when I went for like a role in a FE institution, so it was FE and HE. Yeah, kind further of, education. Yeah, they basically said that um, I had lots of experience, obviously, with HE because that's the role I was coming from. But um, my experience of working in FE was um, was limited bearing in mind the role that I was going for you would be coordinating things to do with HE yeah is the whole engagement side of it you're just working for the college doing it and in the end um someone I knew um that was part of that team actually told me that after they hired that person that they said they had employed the wrong person and that oh I, my god I, and that I was the better candidate even though they told me on the phone that that person got the role because they had more FE experience, they didn't know that I'd have been working in the college anyway, just in a different role. We ended up working in the same office, and it's because oh, we yeah. in the same I office that they yeah. used to talk about the two of us and compare the two of us. And I thought, one, that's unprofessional because I didn't get the role, and now we're working together. Yeah. You can't really be talking about who's better and who's not. But it just goes to show, like, and they said that she interviewed the worst, so it's like so what was it then because <sighs> you said I don't have the experience but all of a sudden I do have the experience it was just when we go through these processes and the interviewer or whatnot act some type of way does lead you to question like if it's not my experience and my abilities then the only thing that's left is is it just because it's me and, oh yeah. absolutely yeah uh, it's like they push you 
I think working in HE, there's certain things that happen where it kind of pushes you into a corner where the only answer to the problem is that it's because of my race. And it really leaves you kind of thinking, oh, well, is that, is that, really, what, is that really what it comes down to? Hmm? I mean, okay, so many things. So number one, the driving thing. I mean, we have a new perspective because it's, well, like the pandemic era now, but that is not okay to say essential for so many reasons. Like, that's inaccessible for many reasons in terms of, like, disability. And also, you might, some people, it's very expensive to own a car and get driving lessons. So that's so ridiculous. And we know by the first job that we had together in HG, we straight up know that you don't really need to drive. Like, they have budget for taxis. Like, there's some other things as well. I mean, sure, you can always do better in an interview. So, like, you prepare. But what I came to learn, and I think I, we, I told you as well, is that they need to fulfill a certain quota of quote-unquote applicants. So, it's just like I put in all this work. And some of these interviews, you have to put on a presentation which and it's like the theme is so stupid like but in reality you weren't actually gunning for me you just <laughs> let me come because of like the diversity thing or whatever I felt kind of weird applying because I think also HG is age and the other thing is like they never give you straight feedback they most definitely had an issue with race but they they can't tell you that so they told you like you don't have experience in further education which is ridiculous then for me it was like you don't like it was, it was also veiled you don't have experience in the uk or something but i did go to i got a master's here you know so that's and very lastly something that still stands out to me to this day is so many people interviewers or whatever they don't get back to you at all i was new to the country right so i and so it was like kind of harder for me to get a job here but for some reason i got it in my head i should only apply to he so maybe that had something to do i don't know i applied to a program and i made through all the checks and when i got there everyone was white I never want to think that's the reason everyone was white all the applicants were white they never got back to me, didn't even send me feedback, didn't even send me like, how did you survey? Because we know now, like, you need to know if the people you're working for, if you actually want to work for them, and you want to know if they respect you. So you need to give them feedback as well. But the fact that it was just radio silence after so much time, I just find that so incredibly rude. And we have this point of comparison because I've applied for private sector jobs now. Mm. But when I have applied for roles internally, no response or feedback, and it's like, but you're yes, this I'm is actually, what I mean. I'm actually employed by you, but I'll and, see you around, <laughs> and it's and it's nothing. Or when they think it's acceptable to go two months without contacting someone, even to let me know that I was unsuccessful. Because yes, that's it. Yeah, you never know. With my current role, I think it was a month before I heard anything. Yeah, and that that kind of reminded me that maybe you do you just gotta hold out because you never know what could be going on. But at the That's same true. time, you still need to let your um your candidates know. Like, yeah. sorry, we're taking a bit of time. Like it's a job. Process things. <laughs> like people could have like you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. But for some people, that don't have any choice but to kind of put everything in one basket. And if they're hanging yeah. around waiting for it. Another thing with the again the where we were is the <laughs> renewal of contracts and leaving it until oh, the very last moment. I hated and that. 
when people would rather stay within the role just because again convenience and things that they've got going on when they need to know if they need to move on to something else everyone knows that more than likely your contract's going to be extended that's just how it went that your contract was likely Mm. to be extended but until you get that in paper and you get that confirmation you still can't be guaranteed to still have your role and they would know that they were keeping people on and they would wait until the very last moment to say yeah we're going to do it do you know it's just ruining just so many people's plans because you're just not up front even though you know yeah how you're going to behave it's so rude regarding contracts so Okay, no, so many things. So number one, the role, the the same, uh, what do you call the, let's just call it the department that we were in together, the department, they, A, they were extremely condescending. And obviously I took it more personally because I was, I was a bit older. So not the oldest, but older. And they had these like quote unquote career sessions, which I think would be useful if they had the capacity at the uni to provide those opportunities but they don't and so i went into those sessions thinking this is frankly bullshit and i don't need their advice but it wasn't until my second to last role that i realized promotions do happen and guess how they happen it's it's like who you know and mostly it's always like white men that get promoted so and i would ask those people that i met like hey how did you get promoted because i'm curious right like promotion you do not get promoted at a uni if you want to be a level higher then you quit and apply to a new job go to a different uni then come back like it's absolute nonsense i would just ask like hey how did you get promoted and they'd be like oh um i don't know i just got promoted or they've been there for ages and ages ages and then you know people are like yeah let's we'll just promote you so that's extremely disheartening, especially because no unis are s- safe from restructure. All of my bosses at, a, at the uni setting have been crap and not transparent and unqualified. And so I had one, you know this, I mean, I had one woman of color manager. I was so excited. Like, oh, like just so pumped. Like, finally, she's brilliant. I'm so excited. And she was like just so disappointing. And when we were going through this structure, she would actually cry like white woman tears, not tell us anything. And she suggested that we go on a team bonding day. We had just found out that day that they were cutting our team. I'm sorry, you think I'm going to go have drinks with you when we just found out that our team, like we do not have a job in about a month and I have to hit this process again no thank you so i made up some excuse i was like oh like peter forgot his keys or something and then she goes oh this is why i'm not married this is why you shouldn't be married men are awful I'm like that is so inappropriate to say to me like you're supposed to be my manager you can't even comfort us you can't what is wrong with this uni so i have very very negative feelings about like they just can't offer us if they can't offer stability they should offer us like knowledge if they can't offer us knowledge they're not transparent yeah it's i don't know it's like they don't want you to progress it's like they just Mm. want you to take the role and stay in the role i think the careers guidance once i found kind of my groove it wasn't that bad but Mm, it's just like there was a lot of things that I could have taken advantage of that I wasn't told about until like probably two months before I was going to leave. <laughs> so it was just like, if you know that I am the only female of colour left on the whole team, 
you know that I'm passionate about certain things and you know there's different things going on within the university that I can benefit from why is it only now that you're telling me these things or why is it yeah why do I only have access to it last minute so that really annoyed me um on the topic of progression and promotion I think I raised it I called a meeting um with a pro the program manager at the time to discuss basically wanting more money as, as, <laughs> frank, as frank as you can get with it I'd put it across in the nicest way possible I kind of stated that I've looked at like the, the framework and everything and I am pre- performing above my two two grades above my um, current grade um, mm. bracket I can even evidence it all like I'm mm. I am I am performing well above it. Yeah. Um, said manager agreed that I was. So it's like if you can see that I'm performing two grades above, like, and you you're big on progression. Why are you not trying to help me make it happen? Like you just saying, yeah, we can't do anything about it. Then there was kind of the issue of well, can't really set new grades. Our department doesn't have. Uh, mm. There's only these set grades within our department. You can't create grades. Blah 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 blah. That was the spiel that I got. A few months down the line, said manager has left, and I'm speaking with a former colleague that changed kind of teams, and they informed me that a position that I mentioned during that conversation with the manager who said that that couldn't be a thing was actually discussed by said manager and someone uh. as being a possibility so it's like so why is it that I've been told no's in this meeting but prior to this you you were you were in conversation about it so it's like what's going yeah. on and then not having the power to kind of create roles because it's mm. the university themselves that create roles and because our department is kind of third party to the university mm. so to speak that they couldn't when if we look at how our department was funded and our sister department who we work very closely with when it came to the issue of funding the lines were blurred between the two departments even though they both get their funding from separate places so i just thought roles are being created and funded willy-nilly across the two departments but when i'm talking about progression it can't happen funding didn't change but the size of the the task force because of covid did change did change so it's like Where's the surplus money going? I don't know. Maybe it was above me and maybe like there was a lot more to it. But in terms of transparency with staff, we were at least owed that much. I mean, that's the thing. They treated us like we were children and they expected us to do so much. And we were put in positions. I mean, think about it. Like they expected us to rent a car and drive it with like six of us to somewhere in the middle of nowhere. That's already... I mean, I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying that's super dangerous, but if you think about it, like that's that's a huge risk that you're asking us to do. Then we're supposed to like excite all these school kids about roots to HE. If you want us to be passionate, enthusiastic, you should match the emotional labor that goes with it too. They're just utter. Like I find it a little bit ridiculous that I mean, you and I were probably the only people of color for like a long time in that department before you it was just me which is ridiculous and okay so we are having a discussion on how to get students of color excited about pathways into he and relatable role models but all of you are well the top people are like white and old 
the people doing the outreach work have no have nothing in common with these kids and that's what i found really weird is that they would never address our race like i i, I didn't know if i wanted them to be like oh claire and sabrina would you mind go going into um that part of the the region where there are m more asian students or you know whatever I, I don't know if i would have preferred that or if i should have been insulted it's just still very confusing for me that they made those decisions on who to send to those extremely quote-unquote ethnic regions you know i think i always used to think would it be like oh you're only choosing me to go there because i I fit the quota. I feel like it needs to really be done like that because how, when I was at school and people came in to talk to us about HE, um, I think because HE was just seen as the progression route in my family and because I wasn't planning to stick around any longer, I just thought it's taking you two years to get to this point. If I put in all this hard work for this project, I do not have any faith that it's going to be upheld to the standard that it should yeah. be at with these students. So I decided not to. The ideas that I suggested with the person who was originally planning it and they asked, could they see some of the stuff we had worked on for our project to kind of give them an idea of what direction yeah. to go in? Yeah turns out it, it looked like they kind of mirrored the project um and then they left so they went through this big old spiel about me joining the project telling you to leave the, to leave the project it got left in the hands of a white guy because apparently he was the only i mean one that could, obviously that could, that could take it on <laughs> i have to admit i felt sorry for him because he got dumped with this project it didn't even have at the time a line manager back in the project he was kind of just thrown in the deep end doing it himself um he was very aware that he was a white male leading on a project for black students and i think he did the best he could do and it was a successful project because of the amount of effort that he that he put into it but you could just i could just tell from speaking to him that do you know when he would rather have had more support there mm. could have been people best suited to it but because he did he did the best with what he had but at the end of the day mm. it's like no thought was going to it the same person led a session on the term bame oh my god and shut just, up i forgot about that and i just thought how can when he was leading the session he even commented that he's just not the person for, to lead the session just, but he's oh been asked to do it so, so do you know when it's, it's just to summarize my feelings with he because we could literally go into just so much about it it is seedy that's how i describe it to people it's like it's not it what you think it is yeah. yes it looks like sunshines and roses but when you're there on the inside like it's one thing as a student it's another thing as a member of staff and when you step away from it altogether and you just reflect on your experiences you realize that this is a very toxic environment to study in and to work in if you're a person of color it's just there's no other way to yeah. describe it apart from it's a very toxic landscape they're very clever with how they word and present certain information so just reflecting what you just said i wish the directors would be like i'm so glad that we have women of color representation it's just kind of like they never addressed our race so i felt i don't know it's, it's, it's a weird one because i felt invisible and then from then on I moved at the same uni, I moved on to a, a role in EDI, but HR, and the entire floor felt like a prison. It was all white. And, but like I said, I felt comforted because I thought like, oh, well, my manager is, um, well, she was half, not that that matters, like a woman of color, but, you know, like she's not fighting in our corner. And it's very weird because like there's a statistic, I mean, I know it's worse for really bad for women of color in like every ethnicity, unfortunately, but 
there is a statistic that said like East Asian women are like overlooked in meetings and like I felt that so much like I would say something and like they wouldn't listen and there was a meeting there was a task force or no what's it called task group I don't remember what it's called anymore uh, task, uh, task and finish group task and finish group <laughs> yeah for outreach and so they were like oh Claire you worked in that department what do you think and then they glossed over me and they and they like asked me to just like pick up the markers and the pens. I was like, what? Why am I here? This is so stupid. And when we were going through a restructure, because I was on um, grade five at the time, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Well, do you think that maybe I could, I should look for like a grade six job? And my manager and everyone else on the team were like, no, you should look for a grade five or grade four job. And I was like, but literally, why? Why would you put me down like that? What do you even do? Ultimately, was a reason. Well, I mean, the there was a restructure, so I left for a different uni, and it's shocking, you know, because I moved into like an actual department, like a maths department, politics department. I won't say, and everyone was white. Out of like the fifty plus professors, there are only two people of color, and again, much like uh, we felt when you and I were in the same department, like. Okay, we're supposed to decide this engaging curriculum for students of color or like young students. Yet the people who are in power deciding this are like much older and are not people of color. So they have no natural empathy to do this. So, you know, unsurprisingly, the wording was terrible. And like students, I mean, even like the white students, they see. So they would kind of comment like, hey, the curriculum is like really white. What can we do anything? which, you know, was good to see. But then what can they do? The professors are all white. They don't see that as as important. And even like the big admissions meetings I go to, they present the same problem. Oh, oh, we need to recruit diversely. Da, da, da. But hello, I, I like that's the first time in my life I've been like the only non-white person in a uni-wide meeting. And of course, like no one asked me for my opinion, not that I had it. Well, I did have, you know, no one asked the woman of color. It was just like literally cast in a corner and people treated me like very, you know, extremely condescending way. Like I was much younger, like not qualified, like, hello. You know, it just, it just like grates on me. So I went for a different role because at the time, like we were in the pandemic, right? I mean, you know, when George Floyd was murdered, the entire world reacted and the uni did not issue a message. And again, it's really weird because I felt morally obligated to act on behalf of the department on our socials. But no one was like, this is horrible. Like we had several racist incidents and no one would do anything. So, you know, I posted something and then I like told my head and she was like, oh, I didn't even know that happened. Are you joking? (laughs) So I moved departments because I discovered my current profession at UF. Again, the department all all white and it's a very interesting one because i met another colleague uh, who is also passionate about edi and i was a little bit reluctant to talk to them initially because they're white and at that point i discovered that white men are the barrier but it was more white women who were giving me karen and turf vibes and really blocking my path to I don't know, success or whatnot. And so my, I had two managers and one of them, again, extremely condescending and extremely racist, but I had it in my head. Oh no, I need to, I need to be, I, I can't, I shouldn't like speak up for myself. Da, da, da. And then, you know, she would say things like, like, what kind of Asian are you? Oh, I thought, I, I thought you would identify as white. 
Oh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I can't, like, like I, like, just blocked it out of my mind. But she, she just, like, would not accept the fact that there is diversity in, in this world. It wasn't, it wasn't just her, you know? And I would bring this up to other white colleagues in the team, and they would just be like, oh, I care about. I care about equality. I support women. I'm like, but that's you. So you mean you support white women? You don't. But you know what? Yeah. The ignorance of just different races. Back on our old team, this was when both of us still worked on the same mm. team. Yeah. Um, I think it might have been after I can't remember. You weren't. You weren't in the office, mm. and um, I can't even remember what the conversation was about. But I just remember someone saying, "Oh, but Claire's Chinese." I goes, "I knew you were gonna bring up the story." <laughs> No, she, I was like, no, she's not. And they're like, what is she then? It says Claire's Korean. They're like, oh, okay. Just continued. And I just thought, you said that so confidently. And you're not even going to, like, apologize for making a mistake. Like, I just, I don't know. It really, it really just irked, it just really irked me up. Because I just thought, you're just so oblivious to kind of the people that are around you. And just kind of touching back on what you said earlier, that we were the only two people of color in our team. There was actually a third person. Um, that was oh, I'm not even addressing it, yeah. Me, but yeah, <laughs> that was uh, actually the one incident that I'd like to highlight regarding mm. said person is when we had to have like a formal day where they made us get dressed up and everything. And Was um, I there for this? I can't remember, but I know oh. that DFE were there and Office mm. for Students were there. So all the big bodies that have interest in the areas of work that we do. Yeah. They were there and they were asking us lots of different questions about the work we do and the impact it has on students. And a lady came and sat on our table and asked, what are we doing with ethnic minority students? Oh, like, my God. Oh. And before I could even open my mouth to say we are not doing anything, this person who's supposed to be one of us listed a load of things that don't happen and it's just like running i think they commented on a project that happened at a secondary school which is known to kind of have a lot of ethnic minorities the problem was the project that was run at the school probably only two students of color were actually part of that project so it's just like uh, the school might have been diverse but the actual project itself lacked diversity so that annoyed me that that got used as an example but yeah they just basically glazed over the question and threw things at it when really we should be highlighting where this project is failing and it, is, it was failing the students of color and it just just annoyed me that it was like a culture to kind of present information it and ticks obscure. all the boxes yeah, and I, that's what I realized as well. Higher education is a tick box. Absolutely, and you just reminded me really quickly. I think why why nothing changes is that, well, you highlighted one, is that there's just no interest. Like, people, I mean, this is, like, something that I'm, I feel very strongly about is that, you know, people here especially, they don't understand what East Asia is. But also, people in power just don't give a shit, and they won't allocate the funds. I mean, like I said, look at the people who are being promoted. They're only promoting white dudes they know. And the last job I had before I finally left was we had an incident. Um, I kind of talked about it because the the per- my colleague was on the podcast. We had an incident, and it was really really bad. Um, so we ended up meeting with like the the team boss or whatever, and she was a white woman, and she was like, "I've experienced." Oh, I think I I told you this. Like, I've experienced racism. I know exactly what it's like. Girl, you're from South Africa. Are you seriously saying you experienced racism in South Africa? And this is the thing: is that this 
weird leveling up game and well number no sorry let me backtrack if we say there's racism they're like what's what, what do you mean are you sure what's the evidence that are not you sure that are you sure yes are you first? sure that is the initial Hate reaction it. Hate are it. you sure horrible so that and then also like oh i've experienced it too and then they one-up you it's like you have not you might have experienced unfair behavior but your level of discrimination does not equal mine yeah i uh, it's the survey so before we kind of wrap up because we were till was like the latter time of me being there well now probably in the middle because um i stayed for a bit after you mm-hmm. um but when we used to do the race equality stuff and we went through the survey responses and it's like you're asking they, they basically published the report and the findings of the report said that everything was cool and there is a bit of like racism that goes on in the university but on the whole student feels fine yada 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 but when you go through the numbers on that report you realize that there's a disproportionate amount of white students that answered the survey now if yeah. the majority of students that answered the survey is white and there's questions like have you experienced racism <laughs> how comfortable do you feel about speaking about it and things like that obviously the report is going to seem positive because we know that on a large well we know white students don't feel racist. they can't experience racism we're not going to even get into the technicalities of that um, <laughs> if they're going to report it if you are going through a discrimination as a white person you're not going to feel any type of way about speaking to another white person about it. If I'm going through discrimination as a black person, I'm not going to want to go and speak to a white person about it. Because like we've just highlighted, the number one response that we're likely to get is, are you sure? I don't need you to question if I'm feeling something. Like, and you <laughs> can't I, know. If, if I told you I'm <laughs> feeling it, I'm feeling it. Like You wouldn't say to a depressed person, are you sure you're depressed? You wouldn't say that. Uh, and oh if you are don't say that (laughs) yeah like you just i don't know there's just there was just a lot behind it and then at the end of the report all the recommendations didn't address anything that was in the report it was i don't know it's just the half-heartedness of it all okay also hg does not pay well unless you're um what we call like ssg which is senior staff grade beyond levels one to nine or depending on what uni you're at it doesn't pay very much for the type of work you're expected to do. And there's very rarely promotions, but they're kind of like, oh, maternity leave is so generous. You have so many annual leave days. Don't go to the private sector. So I was very, very wary. I had an extremely pleasant experience with the whole application process. Um, I felt like they they paid me a lot more than AG. And that's when I realized like, oh my God. Well, when, when I initially saw that, I was really scared. I was like, oh my God, am I going to have to do like triple the work? But no, I just realized they're paying me for what I'm qualified for whereas in he they are gonna squeeze everything out of you and i thought that the interview panel was already diverse my questions were they were fair here's the thing i felt like they treated me like an adult that i think that's the difference for me and um my manager is a woman of color and that's like the first time in my life i have kind of like a relatable role model and a mentor and Sure, I've only been at the company for a few months, but it's like it, like I I see like women of color and like very high position. I mean, it's not perfect. The high high position people are still white men, but that's already a difference that I'm seeing. So you know, like I know we we need to end soon, but yeah, what about you? Like, what's your experience been like as you crossed over? Uh... <laughs> well i'm still in public sector at the moment i think because of my personality a lot of things just go over my head like i probably don't experience things the same way that people experience it just because i'm very outgoing 
and I don't know what it is when I speak to loads of different people about their experience as like a person of colour I just think wow where would like do these things just miss me like I'm aware that it happens because I, I I'd see it like you, you either see it around you or you hear it but personally yeah. I've never really um experienced anything of the such I would say that um very proactive in my environment in terms of just supporting everyone but one thing to note is that um I'm part of the EDI uh, network mm. and it's only just been re reignited so there's only like a handful of us and it is diverse at the moment like it, I would say there's like a 50 50 split so it's not bad but I think it's ironic and sometimes we we as like people of color are our own worst enemies because we want there to be change and acceptance mm. but then the groups that come together to make this happen we're not represented on it so like yeah. i'm part of the bame network the bame network has over 100 members of staff like it's huge and it is very diverse as well mm. but then you have the edni network that hardly has anybody on there and it's like I know that the BAME network is across the whole department, so it targets a lot of people, whereas the EDNI network is just part it's just for our directorate. So it'd be interesting to see what the what the makeup is across the different net the different EDNI networks within the mm. department. But I just think it's like we kind of need to be active, more active in kind of claiming the spaces that are that are there to kind of facilitate change. But going back to kind of he it's such a hard environment to create change in because yeah. it literally sucks the soul of <laughs> ethnic minority people that are there yeah. so it's like you either stay and fight for the students and lose your mental health or you move mm. you just leave and preserve your mental health that is your two choices fight for the students or preserve your mental health because you cannot do the two because there's not the support in place to support you as a member of staff to progress through those environments so when students are coming through it's going to be harder for them go into those environments if they don't see representation but then it's harder for academics to step into that space to create that representation because you're not getting paid enough do you know when it's like yeah. we're struggling to create the change that we want to see for for the students and it's just like an endless cycle of yeah it I don't I don't know that is definitely um a very as I say seedy environment what you said about the people at the top getting paid the more the yeah. most it's interesting that the vice chancellors of the majority of the um, universities in the uk they're on a minimum of probably 200k a year and they get and, bonuses and at one point there was a vc can't remember what university he was at but he was on about 700 at 1.700k a year <sighs> and the fucker quit like two years after or the year after went into it like retired what are you doing that justifies that amount of money in the university exactly and yeah that's another topic is universities ripping students off and where all the money goes because yeah it's dis it's disproportionate i think when it comes to pay scales there should not be a landslide of a gap between the person at the top and the next person below oh agree the gap shouldn't be that big it should be matching to in inflation rates as well every year. We had some memorable moments, but, you know, in the uni setting, I've always had a role of change, marketing or outreach, trying to convince people. And then with UX, the fundamental, you're telling people to change and improve. And I think you would think that higher education is adaptable, but fundamentally, it's just not, because especially in like a Russell Brook 
group uni they're like we're so great la 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 they like they will not do it so it's we're already kind of walking into a toxic environment unfortunately that being said though i mean obviously like i met you in search and it, it's like so funny because nine out of ten times like i'll be in a meeting and i'll, I'll see like another like non-white person we'll just kind of like bond and you know the previous university that we were at it was very easy to like if you needed to chat there was always someone there like a like a person of color to be like that's ridiculous while we all were sad to say helpless like we couldn't create change because the people at the top did not want to like that itself i find pretty valuable the department we were in the middle of nowhere schools we went to i think we did a few sessions together some of their feedback i remember like one time they were like oh my god like it was just really nice to like see you like you're from the u.s that's so cool and like you and sabina were great and you know that that's that i like i still have their sheets i love i love seeing that maybe it was like a tiny impact so yeah we made some like valuable connections among among like a very very toxic environment hard mental health wise definitely cried a few times but yeah what about you um i think because of the role that we did we had like a lot of exposure to kind of the education system in general definitely um and i would say that even though i tried to leave that role within probably a year of me even doing it i think after a few months i was like yeah i've kind of i know everything (laughs) i need to know i'm ready to go i think and three years later i never left and i got to the point is it me is it me that i can't leave but i think everything happens for a reason and leaving when i did i think the amount of knowledge i managed to kind of squeeze out of that environment has been like invaluable and you realize that when you're working with other people within the education sector there's a lot that they don't know but kind of being in HE and being able to kind of connect with Ethi and then secondary education um, and even when we crossed over with the sister company even like primary education just having that kind of exposure to all the different types of like steps within education and then going to all the different providers and having um, those conversations with the teachers and the actual educators I think that is something that I'll I will kind of appreciate that working in that department for is just being able to kind of prepare me for my next steps also highlight what I don't want from a working environment (laughs) oh absolutely Um, and just kind of knowing your value when it comes to your output in terms of work and making sure that you credit you get credit where credit's due yes Um, that you're paid as you should be and it's crazy because in this role in a previous role it's like um you would get credit for workers after thought but the department's branding was kind of what got the credit um you'd probably get the odd shout out here and there but it was like for the amount of effort that you put in sometimes it wasn't really recognized the way it should be yeah skipping into this environment you get like you just get shout outs for just everything <laughs> and I think I realized kind of the culture it might be the culture of my team not just not the environment because every environment has this kind of toxic toxicness yeah, um, yeah. but yeah just being a pre- I'd contribute the littlest thing well for me it was the littlest thing it was just minutes for for something and the guy just kind of shouted out just the work that I did and kind of supporting him with the meeting that he was running and just kind of how like he he made what I did seem bigger than it actually was well Mm. for me it wasn't that big but it's like if people can actually pick out your qualities and can actually showcase them to others and can actually highlight 
the work that you're doing and give you credit for things that you have actually done then I don't know that it's rewarding but when you're in an environment and you just feel like all they're doing is take 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 it can become really training and not to say that you should be working in environments where you need validity but when you are um a person of color and you see kind of how easy it is for others to progress sometimes you really do need the validity because if you don't get the validity you start to internalize things and you start to think of yourself or your behavior as problematic when it's not do you know like if I'm not being validated then naturally I'll feel overlooked just because I am one of many yeah no I agree and we were literally one of many in the (laughs) In that first apartment. And yeah, I mean, I, I know we, well, we, we had to get this off our chest and, you know, we'll probably do a part two, but I feel like we've kind of earned our right to get this off our chest because we've worked there in that environment at different unis for years. And I mean, maybe it was personally, maybe it was extra hard for me just because like, it was like a different, like culturally different. Like it was like my um, first like UK career environment and I did sometimes think like what if I had gone for like a different uni or even like a different private sector job but I don't actually regret working in HE because unfortunately I think the reality of racism is true (laughs) it was reflected in HE unfortunately and you do have like the you, you do have like a range from people being explicit with racism and other you know I've had like white men being like oh Claire poor you you're like a woman of color like oh must life must be so hard for you like you know comments like that and you're like I don't even know what to say because I don't want to talk about this like this is horrible um but I do feel much better that I'm out but who knows I mean as unfortunate as a person of color like these things are pretty inevitable I mean it does come up it just I but I think it depends on the environment you're in whether you get the resources whether like people will back you up and validate you and make it known that you are valued there and i did not feel like well we both didn't feel like we were valued at the uni unis um so overall i actually enjoyed working in he is it something i'd go back to i'm not sure um (laughs) i would say i enjoyed it because i enjoyed the work i did i enjoyed my job i enjoyed being in front of the students i enjoyed kind of sharing the knowledge the stuff that got went on in the background that's what i didn't enjoy and going back into HE, I know the roles would be appealing. I know it would kind of tick the box I want it to tick. Financially, it probably wouldn't tick those boxes. Mm. And I would still know that there's that kind of undercurrent. There's the dark, the seediness that goes on in the <laughs> background that I just I couldn't act. Knowing that it exists and knowing that if you go on to a Russell group university, it's likely to be even more intense. I don't yeah. really want to put myself in that kind of environment again. Um, so I'm not going to rule out HE altogether. It's just not an environment I'm ready to dive back into. Um, I think I enjoy my role as it is now because I can dip in and out of HE. But to be employed and to be in that environment, it's just, it's not. And with this episode today, it's not to put any people of colour off going into HE. It's not to say that you're going to hate the environment because more of us do need to be in that environment. You just need yeah. to be prepared for the environment. That Absolutely. In this day and age, it seems like microaggressions have become a lot more clever. They're a lot oh, more. Oh, yeah. Like, if you will not, half the time, you probably won't 
realize you you're experiencing microaggression until someone else goes through it and highlights it to you and then you're reflecting like oh my god that really was uncalled for and inappropriate but sometimes it gets thrown around in little jokes or just on the sly and when they're those environments they're typically fast-paced like by the time you've realized what's happened it's kind of past then it's kind of hard to go back it's just it's an environment that's just hard to kind of navigate emotions and things in because you're not given the space or the platform to kind of do so so you've just got to roll with the punches I think that's such good advice. So I guess like, yeah, we will say, I mean, there are other toxic environments. This is just our experience and it's probably not the only experiences, but it's like, if you want to work in HE, you know, you can make it work. But one, yeah, you need to be aware and we're telling it very on a very real manner. Yeah, you need to have some mental health support. You need to be ready to share your microaggressions, have a network of people to support and believe you. And we need more people like in in those settings so that they can advocate themselves and get promoted. And then that kind of leads to an ongoing effect because there's, you know, like we, both of us were like the only something of something in pretty much all of our careers, like the only woman of color, the only person of color, sometimes the only woman in the meeting, which is I think pretty rare in a meeting, uh, in a, in a uni. So yeah, we're not trying to put anyone off, but definitely not what it seems like Sabrina said, it is, it is quite seedy. So it takes a lot of definite regimen of like mental health and self-care is, is like very very much needed and you need some colleagues to like vent to then you need to make friends would you say that i mean that yeah that's yeah that's what i'd you say need. Go, going into those environments find your networks and join them because there's a lot of like-minded people in there that are just trying to work out how to navigate the environment just like you um self-care definitely leave sorry leaving your work at work Oh, yeah. And going home and enjoying your time. I think working in HE became extremely difficult during the pandemic because it's like now the work is in my home mm. and you can't leave it. But just finding, once you find that work life balance and you find the networks and you find your support system, I think you'll need them. Um, and being confident in your voice, I think don't doubt so hard but yeah yeah there are people who are very actively and passionately fighting in the EDF corner and once you like they don't they have like a lot of energy and they have a lot of support and once you meet someone like that at a uni setting like it's just really hard not to get inspired um you get this like breath of fresh air so you know that that does happen it's just very very slow progress oh and I should say we're obviously talking about like the professional services side not that kind of side i think that's also like its own can of worms like oh but yeah okay we'll do we'll have to do a series or something yeah because we've got fellow fellow he um colleagues who no longer work in the environment i'm sure they've probably got a lot oh. to say about their own different experiences now.